Hello there, Mind Shakers. Welcome to another episode of the Mind Shake Podcast. This podcast has been developing and growing beyond our expectations. And we would like to thank you for your continual support. That's all. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in to Mindtrack. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9. Um, Mindtrack is a Gen Z podcast that focuses on discussing societal issues, entrepreneurial leadership, and borders on topics in psychology. Please do check us out on our social media, specifically at mind underscore shack underscore. That's our Instagram account and where we usually post most of our updates. We also have a YouTube channel, so please check that out. I am Christina. I'll be your main host today. And today we'll be talking about anxiety and overthinking, a very interesting topic, uh, at least in my view. And to do so, I will be having a co-host. I'll let him introduce himself. Please go ahead. What's good, guys? It's your boy, Shane. I'm ready to get into this conversation. Thanks, Shane. Good vibes always with Shane. Um, we're also going to be having two lovely guests. Um, I'll let her first introduce herself. Please go ahead. Hi, I'm Osas, and I work as a counseling psychologist. I am so interested in the topic of anxiety and um, overthinking because it is the most interesting thing that happens in the brain when we are overthinking stuff. Thanks, Osa. We're also going to be having another guest with us. Please do introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Christine. I'm a third-year social science student at ALC. I'm joining this conversation because anxiety and overthinking happen so much more than we actually talk about and I just really wanted to be part of this conversation um you know shit happens all the time so we should normalize you know going through things like this just as much as we celebrate all of our achievements uh you've definitely highlighted um a main reason for us to talk about this topic is that shit does happen every day and um it's it's important that we figure out how to handle it and how to uh go about it because it is normal but I think I'd just like to start off by asking our two guests, specifically Osaretin first, um, what is your perspective on mental health? So I think mental health is um, as much as physical health, as much as, say, academic health, as much as occupational health, is just another facet of your life that needs to be kept healthy and needs to be brought to the fore and needs to be you know, taken care of as much as every other aspect. But my perspective on mental illness is, again, like physical illness or any need for a change in the body. It is just a signal that something is wrong somewhere and something needs to be addressed. I, I also really like how like you differentiated the two because I'm not going to lie there. It, sometimes I do have that assumption of, of thinking of mental illness when I'm thinking of mental health. I think it's important to differentiate the two. Christine, what about you? What's your perspective on mental health? I really love how she differentiated it, right? And I think that the reason why you actually have to start off by explaining what exactly you're talking about is we have a tendency of only talking about mental health when we're dealing with mental illness. And for me, you know, I am that typical person who only started dealing with my mental health once it was actually um, on the bad side, I guess. But, you know, it's a process you learn and you realize that it is actually essential to living a good life or being healthy all around, like a holistic well-being, right? So it's definitely something that I think we actually need to pay more attention to and not just in a negative sense, but also thinking about it positively, right? Just like people are always being told, hey, take care of your health, you know, exercise and eat well and things like that. We definitely need to be having more positive conversations around how do you maintain a good mental health. That's very, very true. And I think even just like talking about 
maintaining mental health. I think before we even get to that place, I've, I've heard a lot about how awareness is, um, you know, the first step of change. But like, why, Osiretan, why do you think awareness is important when it comes to mental health? The reason awareness of any kind is important is because there is no awareness. It's that people do not know about these things. It's that for some reason to have an issue that you cannot physically point to and say, oh, I have an inflamed skin here. I have an inflamed patch of skin here and we can point to it. The fact that people cannot point to something is somehow larger than life. The fact that it goes on in processes that we cannot physically point to is scary and it shows that you are unable to deal with other aspects. It's just one tiny aspect of your life, right? But then we just think, I can't point to it. I can't, I can't really label it for sure. And it is so nuanced. Therefore, it is, it is really terrible and it means everything is going to die. Everyone is going to die and we just get nihilistic thoughts, right? So I, I think the reason that there is that awareness is important is that there is no awareness. It's just open to so many, so many definitions. It is open to certain cultural definitions that are just scary. It's open to spiritual ramifications that are mostly wrong. Essentially, that's why we need awareness so that people do not open it to, to their own definitions. Definitely. And also, I wanted to know, as a, as a care counselor, you must know a lot about the topic and what it entails, but what has been your own journey with anxiety and overthinking? Since I was a child, I have known that my mind is the most fantastical place you could be in. The littlest thing will happen, and I will build mansions around this thing. And sometimes... It would, nothing has even happened yet. I could just think of a scenario and just start to think, so what if this happens? And that would be the theme of my thoughts for like the next one week till I run myself to like a mini depression. There's no basis for it. And it's not usually always negative. There are some good things I'll fantasize about. Now that I have found myself as, you know, in counseling and as a psychologist, I can mention these processes and I can define these processes. But then it doesn't mean that I am not still doing all of the hard work that is needed to arrest these processes. The fact that I can label them sometimes even makes it harder for me. I actually really agree with you because same for me, my anxiety and most of my overthinking has started really young. You know? And again, it's not birthing great results, right? If there mm -hmm. were a competition for, say, the best overthinker in life is going to become a mm. millionaire in three days. I would overthink away, but because it is reducing my functionality, I am not able to deliver on what I'm supposed to be delivering. And then it is reinforcing the, the fact that I'm going to continue to overthink that. Then I am overthinking my overthinking. I get what you mean. Overthinking the overthinking. <laughs> but Christine, yeah. I wanted to ask you, I know, as you said, and as all of us have been through, we've all been through anxiety, overthinking. What are your ways to establish like routines that help you like, stay centered? Wow. Um, so I guess disclaimer, not really a disclaimer, but um, I actually do quite a bit of counseling. And that's where I actually learned a lot of the techniques and strategies and how to stay 
on the same path because it, it feels like I'm going a bit insane sometimes when I'm overthinking and very anxious right because it's a lot of just all over the place but not really going anywhere it's like running in the same spot um and so like I guess one of the things that has really helped me a lot is my mom um and my mom is I can't even overstate how great of a support system she is. I have a really great relationship with her. And she's always had this thing where she's like, you know, you just do your best and you leave the rest. And she means it, right? Um, and a lot of my anxiety had stemmed around like academic things. And like, um, I have like overachieving tendencies. And if I didn't hit my goals, then I just felt like I wasn't doing enough. And, you know, cycle begins. And so, you know, I guess being able to have a conversation where I can be vulnerable with my parent, who I guess, you know, we're always kind of seeking to please in a way, made it so much easier to deal with and get through. In counseling, I guess I worked a lot on where I was placing my value, right? Because when it comes back to it, I had been attaching my self-worth to my productivity levels or how much I was achieving and so unlearning that right and saying you know it just because I didn't get this or that does not mean that I am not worthy of x y and z right and that was one of the biggest things like because it makes it so much easier to then actually really live and try things and not be worried about am I going to make it am I not going to make it and then my friends I have a great set of friends. Great is an understatement. I love these people. People who are willing to have these vulnerable and very hard conversations, right? Talking about life and not the rosy side to it. It's it's not a journey that you go on your own. And having and finding those people who walk this path with you, you know, constantly we're being told we're not an island. And so you shouldn't be dealing with things like this as if you're an island. Um, if it was a case of I could figure it out on my own, I would have figured it out a long time ago, but I didn't because, you know, sometimes it's okay to get help. Right now we're going to a quick break. This break is one to say thank you. Thank you to you, our listener, for your feedback, for engaging with our podcast on our various social media as we work to improve and incorporate it. We urge you to continue to do so as we set sail. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed the rest of the episode. I've literally been sitting here like snapping my fingers like, yes, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Um, and I, I love that, you know, you have a supportive system and that you have people to rely on and talk, to talk about some of the struggles that you're going through. And I think that's now why I, I also want to, I want to get insight from um, Osiratin as a, as a guidance counselor, for those people who are struggling, you know, to like lean on others and or even don't have necessarily very um, supportive people around them, how do you think they should help themselves moving forward with anxiety? I really, really resonate with um, something Christine said. The impression I got was a sense of helplessness sometimes that that comes from, you know, these things, especially when you do not have a great support system around you. I think most importantly, right, when, when overthinking, it's that thoughts are racing up and down in your head and 
your head is this jam ball of electricity that is just firing and firing and firing. And then you're thinking of several things and it's just running up and down in your brain. The important thing and the first step should be being able to latch on to one thought. Pick one thought and trace that thought. Follow that thought. Catch it. Follow it through. And just allow yourself to, you know, catch yourself in the race and just allow it follow a sort of give it a rhythm and a melody melody and follow it until you then bring it to a logical conclusion that way you're able to see the way you the way you think you're able to sort of follow through your thought process and a little bit of consciousness reminds us of how ridiculous we are sometimes because it is happening inside of our head we don't give it a lot of importance but then it's really important let it out speak it say it out loud say that thought out loud even if it is ridiculous even if it is embarrassing say it out loud once you say it out loud you can't think and speak at the same time so it will stop the thinking process will stop and then you will start when when you speak you hear yourself in your own voice and then you hear how that voice sounds to an outsider because most of the things we think about we cannot say to another person because we're like no it can't possibly be true so when you say it out loud, again, it increases your consciousness of that, right? You can then start to question the thoughts and go, we know how unproductive it is to follow this line of reasoning, right? And then you terminate that line of reasoning. It doesn't change the fact that your brain isn't still overthinking sometimes. Your brain is looking for an outlet. Set some time aside. Give yourself, say, 15 minutes every day or 15 minutes every five hours and allow yourself, just tell your mind, go crazy. And use this catching yourself and letting it out and after like a long time of trying to gain control you actually start to see yourself gaining control and started to catch these thoughts that are not what we would necessarily believe and then a surefire way of stopping yourself from overthinking is to get busy when we are not working we are thinking and then starting to overthink, right? Once you get to work, just do something. Even if it is the very thing that you are overthinking on, do something. When you start to do something and you start to concentrate and divert your attention into something, it is quite hard to think and overthink and work at the same time. So it is you tricking your mind into actually problem solving. And finally, something I have been doing in my sessions is having people do, so what is the worst that could happen? When you do, what is the worst that could happen exercises? So you think in your head, so what if I feel this, I feel something? So what's the worst that could happen? Um, the worst that could happen is I feel. And then follow that thought. What's the worst that could happen? Usually, it is showing you a step-by-step -step guide to problem solve through that thing that you are thinking about. And we found that you can create a, then from that, you can create a to-do list on how to break down the task that, seems, that seemed insurmountable in the beginning. So, um, yeah, basically, these are like things that have worked for me and I have seen work in sessions that I have had with my clients. You have dropped so many gems. Um, I really hope everyone listening caught onto that and will take action steps. So, Osa, what do you think control plays a part in anxiety and overthinking? A lot of it is hinged on control. 
what is happening in your head when you are anxious about something. It is that your brain is not sure whether to run away or to fight this situation because it is somehow connected to our evolutionary brain that was the fight or flight response of should I face this lion that is stopping me from feeding my family or should I fight this lion or should I run away perhaps so it's like those two options should I fight or should I run away and both of them are physical responses that take a lot of calculation and control but in this day and age where we are now living in issues are in the head it is a social issue. It is relating to my job. It is relating to work. It's not something I can fight or something I can run away from. Both options where I have control and I can, you know, plan out how I am going to do this methodically and so on. You cannot really tell how other factors are going to play out in this, you know, this new day and age. I feel like control plays a massive role because it is it is just a loss of, it is me trying to say, I'm, what if this happens? It is me trying to say, um, okay, I'm trying to cover all of my bases to make sure that nothing surprises me. But then you are surprising yourself by how much you can stop yourself from getting anything done because you are freaking out about the amount of control you do not have. So I absolutely agree with what um, Osartan just mentioned right um but i think also like one of the things i think that stood out for me right is perhaps in our generation and not even before us but from our generation onwards it's been a thing of everything seems like it's high stakes and so everything does kind of need to work the way you expect it to work so that the outcomes that you want actually happen and the reason why I think that's happening, right, is we're kind of the generation that has access to so many things. And kind of with the saying that, um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, um, how many of us have heard, you know, with all the resources you have access to, you know, you kind of have to make something of yourself, right? And I think this societal change or this cultural change where it's, there's a lot of focus on the individual. Um, and you don't really have this thing of, no, we're all in this together. Everyone kind of is, in a way, being told, it's on you, your life is on you. And it is, right? I'm not saying that it's not. However, we're not like living in a village anymore where, you know, we all go out to, the, to hunt together and, you know, it's a group thing. We're, not, we're like um, being taught now that everything, you have to do it by yourself. And you have all the access that you need and you know so everything does feel like it's more high stakes which is why i think you know that aspect of control comes into play um and yeah it's 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 madness but i feel like you know we have societal issues that are encouraging us to end up being very anxious people and overthinkers because you know american dream if you work for it you'll get it um but even that's like a very flawed image and yet nobody talks about how flawed it is you just keep on going with that work hard you'll get that uh whatever that goal is like that simple succession of you do well in school focus you study you go to a good school you did you know get a degree you get a job and you know once you get a job you settle down as if life happens you know linearly without taking into account that there's a lot of shit that happens and 
it's not gonna be a smooth path so yeah we want control because we kind of need to have it but uh that's not how life works so christina somebody who's who's working on you know overcoming or at least living with your anxiety and 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 overthinking what would be a message you have to our listeners on their own journey when it comes to um you know battling this issue i think it would be it's okay honestly everybody has their own journey and i think one of the most important things that you can do when you're um, dealing with something like this is to practice a lot of self-compassion and like you know when you're self-aware and you realize okay i have this thing that i want to deal with and assuming that okay you've decided it's a priority right um dealing with yourself nicely like treat yourself nicely uh, one of my counselors actually said to me if your friend came and told you all of these things would you say like what would your response be and i guess i'd never thought of myself or talking to myself as if i was my friend because i'm a very supportive friend to everybody else but me and that's one thing you know that i it, it was shocking right so i think my advice would definitely be you know it's a journey it's not an overnight thing um but practice a lot of self-compassion and it's okay like take one step at a time you'll get there or you'll get wherever you want to get wow you listen through to the end thank you don't forget to follow us on Instagram at mind underscore shack underscore. And if you enjoyed it, please like and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or all of them. There's going to be more exciting episodes to come. So see you on the next one.